1: We need to have a healthy fear of God. Now, the world itself, you know, Daniel, his name means God is my judge. But the world doesn't fear God because they forgot that he is their judge. God is going to judge the wicked. He's going to judge every person at the great white throne of judgment, those who've rejected the offer of Christ, those who have denied what he did through the cross of Calvary. He will judge every single person. And the world has forgotten this. And the world doesn't even believe it anymore. Where's the promise of his coming? You guys believe in that superstition. But here's the thing while the world needs to have that kind of fear, Christians, we as Christians, have a different kind of fear of God. Because we will never taste the wrath of God. Understand this the fear of God for the Christian is a bit different. We fear him as a father who disciplines his children. We should fear disappointing him. We should have a healthy fear of God in that way. As believers, we will never taste the wrath of God. Praise God. (laughs) This is what we've been saved from. But we need to still have a healthy fear of God. It's a healthy respect. And that starts with our own lives. You know, one of the questions I want to ask us today, it's a pretty hard question. But are we guilty of offering defiled sacrifices to our Lord? What do our lives look like? Do we have a healthy fear of God? Do we fear disappointing him? Do we fear his discipline? What kind of sacrifice do we offer to the Lord? Do we offer things that are defiled before him? And you might be saying, well, wait a second, buddy. We're not in the sacrificial system. And I tell you, true and false. (laughs) First of all, what saved us? The greatest sacrifice, the sacrifice to end all sacrifices. But do you know as Christians, every single one of you today, and myself included, every single one of us that are Christians, we are commanded to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Do you know that? Romans 12.1 says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do you understand what this is saying? Now, the problem with a living sacrifice, you've heard me say it before, the problem with a living sacrifice is we want to squirm off the altar. It's not, it's not comfortable at times. But did you see what it says? That we are to offer our lives as a, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And then it ends with, this is your reasonable service. I'm going to paraphrase here. In, in essence, this is what it's saying. After everything the Lord did for you, after going to the cross for you, after dying for you, the least you could do is live for him. It's your reasonable service. It's my reasonable service to live for the king. And so is your life, ask yourself this question today, is your life being offered up as an undefiled sacrifice to your king? Or are there things you're still holding on to? Is your sacrifice defiled? Oh, I can hold on to that one sin. Oh, I know I need to be good in these areas, but you know, over here God gives me a little, you know, little leeway, a little wink. It's to me as well. Especially in these days we live. But what about your worship? Here's another form of sacrifice. What about the praise and the worship that you offer up to your king? Hebrews 13, 15 says this, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of praise? To God, that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. In everything we say, everything that rolls off our tongues, is it a defiled or an undefiled sacrifice to your king? When you praise, when you sing the Lord, is it unto him Or are you simply sitting? I don't know, I don't like this song. Remember the saying. (laughs) I told you guys this before. But uh, whenever we're singing to the Lord and, you know, you start to complain, just remember this. We're praising and worshiping God, not you. Just offer it unto the Lord. Are your praises, are your offerings, are these things rolling off your tongue, are they defiled or undefiled before your king? what does the sacrifice of praise look like in your life? Is it done in true worship with a clean heart before him? Well, what about this? What about just doing good and sharing with others? Hebrews thirteen sixteen, the very next verse, but do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well-pleased. You want to please him? Do good and share. And it doesn't just mean share your goods and share the, share the good news of the gospel. Share what God's doing in your life. Share with one another. That's an aspect and an element of fellowship. With such sacrifices, God is well pleased. And then what about the sacrifice of love? <laughs> and some might think love isn't a sacrifice, but I think all of us, if we really think about it, it is at times. There are people in this world, and don't look at me, there are people in this world that are just hard to love. Love is denying self for the benefit of others. It's not a feeling or an emotion. Those things come with an aspect of love, but love is a sacrifice. Look at this, Ephesians 5, 1 through 2 says this, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And so I want to ask you a very strange question, and I know you're not surprised by this, but I'm going to ask you a very strange question. You ready? What do you smell like? Stop sniffing the people next to you. What do you? Seriously. Spiritually. What do you smell like? What does your life smell like? What aroma is emanating from you, from your life spiritually? I want you to really think about this. I know it's a strange question, but what aroma is your life producing? It's an offering and a sacrifice, your life, to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. A defiled sacrifice is not a sweet-smelling aroma. And only you know but if you had to answer that question, what would it be? And lastly, here's the, here's the other thing. And I told you, this is such a key element in the life of a Christian. How's your prayer life? How's the sacrifice of your prayer life doing? Our prayers are a sacrifice unto the Lord. Revelation 8.3 is so powerful. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. Your prayers are a beautiful offering to the Lord. Are they selfish or are they selfless? What kind of prayer life do you have? You know, I have to tell you, the last few weeks, there's been a lot of spiritual warfare, a lot of things going on. And it's just amazing because God shows up in such powerful ways. I've seen God in so many ways in the last few weeks where I'll be praying for something and it happens, like immediately. Now, that doesn't always happen, okay? And I'm not here to name it and claim it. I'm just telling you, it's been powerful. And I have to tell you, last night is no exception. 12.30 last night. I'm praying, I'm seeking the Lord, I'm truly praying, and I don't tell you this to sound holy, but it's just the way it is the night before teaching anyway, but I'm praying about something very specific and seeking the Lord for a very specific answer, and out of the blue at 1230, within two minutes of praying a very specific prayer, I received a text from someone who had just been moved by God to share something with me, and it just happened to be the exact answer that I was praying for. You tell me how that happens. Well, maybe I better look into it. Maybe they bugged my my prayer closet. I don't know. No, it's God. It's God. That's what God does. He honors that in your life, in my life. He honors a prayer life. And so we need to be those who offer sacrifices undefiled. But know this we are saved by grace alone. So don't beat yourself up here. This isn't a legalistic sermon. This is a challenging sermon, but not legalistic. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. But our works should be a response for what our king did for us. We should do them in love because it's our reasonable service. After everything he's done for us, what a joy. And we should fear the Lord. We should fear, above all things, of disappointing him. We should also fear his discipline. Nobody likes that. But here's the good news about that. If you're disciplined by the Lord, what's it mean? It means you're one of his. (laughs) It means you're his. So be encouraged with that. But Daniel, he certainly had a healthy fear of God. And it's safe to say that that fear of the Lord led to the favor of God. He knew he wasn't to defile himself no matter the circumstances, no matter the conditions around him. He would not defile himself because he feared God above all. Because understand this, by rejecting the food of the king, in essence, he was rejecting the rule of the king. And I just need you to understand something about Nebuchadnezzar. I touched on it last week, but Nebuchadnezzar was an extremely prideful, bitter man who had a very quick temper. Okay? Now, any of you in here who fit that description, take note. Okay? I, uh, as one who has really struggled with that in my own life... Pay attention to the lessons of Nebuchadnezzar. But Nebuchadnezzar was a very, very prideful, very arrogant man who had a quick temper. And he would do rash things. We'll see this throughout the book of Daniel. And understand this, just to give you some background of what Daniel was rejecting, so to speak. This has
0: been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit golgothafellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.
1: Hi, folks. Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay grounded and anchored in the Word of God